We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by TE1 NFL Sunday Ticket. DoorDash and BetOnline.ag. I am here as always with the inspirational co-host Rohan Kadi. I stumbled a little bit through the intro, just like the Bucks stumbled. Now down 0-2 to the Miami Heat after losing a very strange game at the end, 116-114. There's going to be officiating controversy. The officials were terrible at the end of this game, but Rohan, it is my read that. That's not why the Bucks lost this game, and that's not why the Bucks are down 0-2 in this series. Uh, welcome to, I don't know why I said welcome, like you're not always here, but uh, how's it going, and what do you think about my statement on the officiating? Well, first, I'm doing as well as I can. Um, yep, that's all I'm really going to say there. <laughs> um, 
And your statement on the officiating, uh, strange, bad, maybe. I'm not really sure. Like, I'm honestly still trying to process what I just watched because we are recording, what is it, like five, ten minutes after? Uh, yeah, know? just probably about five. Yeah, five minutes after. So I'm still, like, mentally trying to process, like, what I just witnessed. So I'm not really sure. It might, I think. It seems like it wasn't great. It just seems like it wasn't, like, the officiating, that is. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it just seems stupid. Yeah, I, I think the Heat really tried to blow this game, honestly. I mean, the Miami's late game execution was just terrible. Terrible, uh, in the words of the immortal Charles Barkley. But, I mean, the I think the Heat were down, what, like, eight with... 35 seconds or something left like should have easily gotten the win they they bungled it but they, st- they still ended up getting the win so the controversial parts are chris middleton pulls up for a three and a foul is called and this is with like what eight seconds left or something ridiculous um on goran dragic who mostly just stood there uh chris hits all three the bucks are down three at this point chris hits all three game is tied goes down the other way jimmy butler gets quote-unquote fouled on a turnaround jumper because Giannis, who came over to help, and I really, I wondered it right away. I wondered it as they showed the replays. Did Giannis go over to help because of all the noise about him not guarding Jimmy Butler in game one? I actually think it might be a factor. But Giannis goes over to help, basically, like, tries to, like, avoid, like, not knock over Jimmy and kind of puts a hand on his side, and that gets called for a foul, and Jimmy hits the free throws, and, and Miami wins the game literally no time in regulation when he gets fouled. Um, so two absolute messes of calls, but I'm honestly not even upset because A, I think, although although the Heat were bungling it, I think Chris missed the three. I don't think he was fouled, and Miami gets the rebound. I think the game's pretty much over right there. And B, it's not like the Bucks played a great game and got robbed at the end. I don't think they played well enough to win for the second straight game. I don't think they did win either game. It, I don't want the team to lose, of course, but... They didn't deserve to win. So how can I sit here and be mad that they didn't get gifted a win? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So two things. I, we're just going to dive straight straight into this weird ending right now. Yeah. Two things. One, if it's called that Chris, uh, that Chris Middleton three-pointer where he was fouled by Dragic, if that's called the way it is, how is that not a flagrant foul based on how they called it? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Fair point. I, I think because Chris is... Feet didn't. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. That's a kind they, of a weird. Because they called rule. the foul as if uh, Middleton had his uh, landing area obstructed. Right. That's right. that's the entire foul call. Right. That's a flagrant foul. Um, I was watching on mute at some points. Did uh, Kyle Korver get called for a flagrant? Yep. Yeah, he did for that exact same play. Well, <laughs> I think it wasn't just. I don't know. I don't really understand how pretty much any foul on a three point shooter. If they're calling it like that, it has to be a flagrant. I, no guess. Ands or buts I mean, about Steve Javi will tell you it was the right call. Steve Javi will tell you any nonsense sort of propaganda you need to hear to make yourself go to sleep at night <laughs> if you're an NBA official. Um, uh, my right. second thing, I said I had two things. Yeah. Um, so they, they went to review the foul and make sure like all the timing and stuff was right, right? On the Giannis foul on Jimmy Butler. So they reviewed and they said that the foul occurred with 0.0. Second, so there's no time left. Yeah, that one doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Doesn't that mean the game is over? <laughs> okay, I guess clear, it was... clearly before that, clearly the foul occurred with 0.1 second left. Like, yeah, honest, the contact occurred with 0.1 seconds left. Unless they're saying that content wasn't the foul. In which case, what's the foul? 
I I, I don't and know. Then I, it's, it's like it was you all at least mess. get time to a tip in. And if it's at 0.0, then the game is over and you can't foul someone after the game is over. You know, I'm upset because they bungled this to such a crazy degree that now this is going to get so much of, I think, the airtime about this game. And that's what I didn't want to have happen because I think like there were serious flaws on display again. And now so much of it is going to be all these terrible calls at the end, which, again, I didn't agree with either call. And the reason I'm not as upset is, as I said, I mean, I think the game was should have just been rightfully over when Chris misses the the oh it group, the definitely three. Should've. so definitely should the fact that they they gave it back on even maybe slightly even more of a BS call I, I think it just think it sucks I think the NBA really needs to address some of these awful awful officiating jobs in the bubble I mean the one thing taking away from the really great basketball I mean outside of you know the players taking, you know, canceling a, a day of games basically for more important causes, not not including that. But, like, when the games are actually on, the one thing really taking away, I think, isn't the virtual fans, which have become okay, or the fake crowd noise, which doesn't really bother me anymore. It's the officiating. The officiating's been so bad. The techs are coming. I think that's slowed down a little bit, but still. And the foul calls have just felt terrible. So, it, it mostly, I just think it's it's such a bad look for the league that they, they cannot get this right, it seems. But yeah, two terrible calls, but I don't I don't want to dwell too much because I don't think again, I don't think the only reason the Bucks are down 0-2 is because they got some bad calls late in this one. No, um, not at all. This was a game where Milwaukee actually shoots more free throws than the Heat do. The Bucks shoot 39 and the Heat shoot 32. Um you can debate the merits of each individual free throw until you're blue in the face. I will say Brooke Lopez some ridiculous falling down after taking threes in this game. The big fella is he's selling. He's selling. At least someone's trying. Um let's get let's get to the issues because I feel like that's where that's kind of how I introduced it. Um and that's what I just keep talking about. The Bucks just don't look ready for this series in a lot of different facets. Um clearly, I mean, clearly they're down 0-2 is the one seed, so something seems off. And I heard going into this game a stat no one seed to start off 0-2 in each of the first two rounds has ever won the title. Now the Bucks are 0-2 in the second round. I would imagine not many one seeds who have done that have won the title either. But they just they look unprepared. Strategically, they look unprepared. Um, as the great Nikaias Duncan wrote after game one, the Heat doing a great job neutralizing the few Chris Giannis pick and rolls that are run. And outside of that, more, and the Corver play, the infamous... Kyle Korver running fast and chucking up a three play as, as you named it last pod. The Bucks don't really seem to have anything they can reliably go to. Um, they don't look ready for Mo- or Miami's physicality uh, and athleticism, which is, is an issue. Uh, the, the heat again, outside of the last 35 seconds or whatever, really just seem to want it more at almost all times. I mean, they, they continue to grab rebounds that the Bucks really, I think should be grabbing. Um, although the Bucks did have a, a great rebounding game in this one. They get 50 boards, 17 on the offensive end. Um, I still think there's a lot of hustle plays that are going toward Miami. And these rotations, man, have, have only gotten worse, in my opinion. Really, really rough stuff. I think the sequence in the third quarter, probably the most infamous Milwaukee actually gets back in this game. And, you know, after the Heat take a lead in the halftime and, the, the Bucks in the third quarter, they whittle it away. They, they get to more than within striking distance. I think up a couple points at, at different times. 
and the starters get yanked and Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, and Kyle Korver check in and there it went. <laughs> there the lead went and the Heat were able to make a run starting really with the play you mentioned already. The Korver three-point foul on Andre Iguodala of all players, of all players to foul shooting a three. Iguodala, not one you would think anybody would think to foul, but Corver does and does get hit with the, the flagrant. I think there's some confusion about that rule. If you ever are under a shooter when they land, they are able to call that and usually do it. The Chris thing again, it just a whole mess at the end of the game. But I, I, I don't think it was like a flop by Iguodala. I, I think it was a legit foul. No, he and, legitimately got hurt. Yeah, I mean, he, he hurt his ankle a bit on the on the play. I don't think he intended to do that. But uh, just a really dumb play by Corver to close out like that on on a shooter of that caliber, aka bad. Um, and from there, Miami was able to go on another run. Somehow the Bucks actually outscored the Heat in every quarter except the first quarter, but they did not do so by enough to to uh, get the win, obviously. So, yeah, I think just really disappointing. It just felt like kind of a – feels like kind of an organizational failure on some fronts. I mean, the way they played in the bubble is just terrible. They haven't looked good really in almost any capacity. Um, Coaching-wise, I think Mike Budenholzer is absolutely getting shredded right now, and I – I'm not going to sit here and say, no, don't say that, because I think pretty much all the criticisms we're seeing are completely valid. Uh, and, yeah, as I, I, met, I said this already on Twitter, but and I feel like I talk about my tweets too much. Sorry, folks. But no, I'm promoting the brand. <laughs> fair. Um, and I want to let you talk, because I'm hogging up all the airtime right now. But for the first time this season, since, that, since the offseason, I don't think they're going to make the finals. I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to make the finals. And it's not just this game. It's not like... If they had won and and the foul on Jimmy isn't called and they win this game and they're one one, I still don't think I would feel like they'd make the finals. They just they're not playing well. <laughs> they haven't played well for more than maybe two three straight quarters at any time. I mean they handle the magic in five, but I don't think any of the wins were like super convincing. I mean we started to get excited again, but it wasn't like they absolutely rolled and killed them by forty. It just they haven't looked that good, and that's that that cut it against Orlando. Clearly, as we've seen, it's not going to cut it against Miami, and they're they're completely out of time now. We keep saying, like, they can play better. They just have to. At a certain point, being able to play better is irrelevant because you're out of chances. And, I mean, they're not literally yet. The, the series isn't over, but they're just about out of chances, and I just don't have the faith that they're going to be able to turn it around anymore. See, here's why I'm very pessimistic about Obviously, like it, just the odds in general, because you're down 0-2. I think it's, what, 7% of teams that have been down 0-2 in the playoffs have actually won the series. Sounds uh, about shout, right. Shout out Ted Davis, who brought that oh, nugget. What a, what a, what a king. I'm yeah, glad Zora shot... was on. Oh, really? They him. were both? Yeah. I got to start listening on the radio. I'm glad we shouted out the radio twice in a row. Just quickly, I, I want to let you talk. What's that account we said we need to shout out on the podcast? Oh, uh, the Bucks, oh. Bucks uh, tweet bot. What is yeah. it? Yeah, it was. I'll, uh, I'll pull it up. I'm, I'm just so off track, and I'm glad we're mixing in a random positive here. Such a good account. So so funny. So oh, very. Why funny. can't I remember what it is? It's Bucks blank bot. I oh, think. it's MKE Bucks blank post bot. So there's a bad word. Yes, there's a bad word. We'll say yes. poop post. It's not a good yes. word. But if you're of age to see curse words, I don't know what that age is. Um, really funny account on Twitter and add me if you need me to send it to you, but I, I'm sorry, go on. So okay, what was I talking? Oh yeah. Why I'm pessimistic about this. Yes. Uh, yes. Why I'm pessimistic about the 7%. Series. Yep. 
So last pod, we convened, as we do, uh, after the playoff games, and we talked about what went wrong for Milwaukee and what were the main points. Uh, we saw turnovers. Uh, we saw free throws. Um, just credit to the Miami Heat, like Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic going off. Um, rotations. And Giannis not playing uh, exceptionally great, right? Those were, the, those were the main things that we were talking about, right? Yes. So... In this game, we see Giannis go for 29-14-3 and three with only two turnovers. Uh, we see Wes Matthews play 30 minutes to Pat Connaughton's 12, which is something we were harping on, that Wes Matthews cannot play less than Pat Connaughton. Uh, and we saw that. We saw uh, Wesley Matthews uh, exclusively put on like Jimmy Butler in situations. They were, there was an effort to put Wes Matthews. And uh, would you look at that, Jimmy Butler, three for eight from the field, thirteen yep, points, including the two point. BS yes. free throws. He only oh my had goodness, thirteen points, and he was a minus two overall. So that was neutralized. Giannis uh, got back to normal. The turnovers were a little less, fourteen turnovers this game, which is still not great, not great. The rotations were a little better. Marvin Williams is playing 25 minutes. George Hill is playing, uh, sorry, Marvin Williams is playing 21 minutes. George Hill is playing 25 minutes. Um, Pat Coniston, like I said earlier, only 12. You still get Dante and Kyle Korver in there. Um, But it's to a lesser extent. Uh, So at least that's getting a little better. And they still lose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they they do. They still lost the game. Yeah, it's pretty sad when Butler is so quiet. And again, if the game ends with the Middleton thing missing, he has 11 points. He ends up with 13 points. They lose his minutes. Duncan Robinson, who I think is someone a lot of us looked at and go, if the Bucks don't really try to neutralize him, he could be a big-time problem. 13 points, 3 for 8 from deep. Better game, I think, for him, but he'd still been a focus. They've still done a good job. I, I think he just they're not letting him get going. The one guy who killed them in game one that we hoped, and we haven't even touched on this yet. Sorry, folks. We're not doing a great job. Um, Eric Bledsoe was back in this game and oh, started yeah. off okay and then really fell off a cliff in the second half. But Bledsoe's presence did not do much to deter Goran Dragic, who still scored 23 points, uh, made eight of his 18 field goals, four of eight from deep. The Heat really are good at making threes when they really need to, man. They made some huge shots in this game. Kelly Olynyk also did. Olenek was finding a lot of gaps from Milwaukee's drop coverage and made three for four of his threes. Um, yeah, the the Heat just played a really great team game. I mean, they're, they're not afraid to do that, and that's something that I thought it was interesting. Every interview Jimmy had after his huge 40-point game, his emphasis was anybody on the team could do this. You know, this could be Bam Adebayo, who Bam only has 15 points. This could be Tyler Harrow, who Tyler Harrow only ends with 17. I mean, Dragic ends, leads the way with 23, but Miami gets – seven guys in double figures, which makes a big difference. Yeah, it was like, it was hard to pick out many one things that the Heat did tremendously well. I mean, the they, they didn't outscore the Bucks in the paint this time. Milwaukee won that battle 52-32. to 32. Like you said, the turnovers cut down, although Miami still gets 22 points off turnovers. When the Bucks turn the ball over, they just turn it over sad, man. <laughs> like, they just cough it up, and it leads That's to so many easy at the buckets. end of the fourth quarter. Where oh. sort of the end, middle to the end of the fourth quarter, like three minutes left, where they, you know, they were cutting it to like within like one or two or three possessions, and then they just kept turning the ball over, like I yeah. was, it, it was just wild. Like I just kept hearing turnover, turnover, thrown away, thrown away. It was just, 
he was like, "What? What are you doing? This is a team. This is a team that had the best record in the NBA throughout the regular season. This is a team that has expectation, had expectations, I should say, right now, to win the title. And they're out here just in the middle of a crucial playoff game to at least tie the series and not go down 0-2. And they're just turning the ball over on consecutive possessions. Like I don't know what happened to this team when they came in the bubble." But they don't know what they're doing. They do not know what to do with the basketball. Because a lot of the passes that are, a lot of the turnovers, excuse me, are because of errant passes, just not handling the ball as well, as tight as you should. Just, you're making stupid mistakes. And it's also coupling those stupid mistakes with not knowing where your other players are on offense not knowing where cutters are going to be. If there even are cutters, that's an entirely different can of worms. Um, But it's just, it's so disappointing to see a team that was so disciplined, so disciplined, just fall apart like this. It's just disappointing. Yeah, it really is. And I think, um, I want to get into all the, the various coaching issues I think we both have in a little bit. Um, but I, I think before that, I, I want to preface it and make it clear. It's not like, you know, every player is playing tremendous basketball and they're solely being let down by schemes. I think there's a lot of room for most guys to improve their, their play quite a bit. I mean, it starts with Giannis, who I think, I mean, this was always going to be a tough matchup for him. Every team, but especially the Heat, we're always going to try and really take away his easy buckets. But he has looked simply too passive at times. Um, don't want to let him off the hook for that. Um, he ends this game with 29 points, 14 rebounds, just three assists, two turnovers, one block, four fouls, minus seven. They've, they've lost Giannis's minutes in two straight games, which is really alarming. Chris Middleton, I think played a little bit better. Uh, 23 points, six rebounds, eight assists, three turnovers, uh, misses all three of his threes, but does get to the line 12 times and make 11. That was one thing. Well, here's a, a brief positive. One of the things we said is Middleton needs to be more aggressive and try to draw those fouls. He did that in spades. Here's something that gets me upset. Chris Middleton ends up with five fouls, sure. Um, sits for part of the fourth quarter. The Bucks won his fourth quarter minutes, and they won his total minutes by 18 points. 18 points plus 18 with Chris Middleton on the floor. He only plays 33 minutes. And listen. The foul trouble stuff is what's going to be cited for why he only plays 33 minutes. Let him foul out. Like, let him make the mistake and foul out. I don't think it's worth it to save him. And he sat for part of the fourth quarter, part of the pivotal stretch of this game. And again, they were winning his minutes. Like, he was making the tough shots. He was beating good defense, the kind of stuff the Bucks desperately, desperately need with how well Miami is walling off the paint. And he sat with five fouls for multiple minutes. I think he played just over nine minutes in the quarter. I think they won the quarter by five with him on. So, might have been the difference. And again, like, I'm not, I'm, even if they had pulled this one out, I would have been pessimistic. I was about in the third quarter, just at their level of play. I just, they haven't won me over. But still, even that said, you, you still want to win. <laughs> you still want to win games and give yourself more of a chance to turn it around. He sits and they lose. And I, I don't think he's been you know, as good as he's been all season. But I certainly wouldn't look at this and say, Chris Middleton, it's his fault today. And I also want to just quickly, because I think there's going to be a lot of less positive. Another really good game from Brooke Lopez, who doesn't probably take enough shots, especially from within the arc, but he makes three of his five triples, 
12 or 16 points, seven rebounds for him, one block, one steal, one turnover, four fouls as well. He only plays 32 minutes. The Bucks win those 32 minutes by 12 points. So the two, the second and the third guy, both had pretty good games. They didn't play enough. Um, and the Bucks again, still lose the game. It's just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just baffled that Chris Middleton was a plus 18. It does seem impossible. It's just like I keep refreshing the stats page to see if it's updating because it's wrong. <laughs> no, I and mean, it's I not think changing. He, he made some tough shots and he drew the fouls, which is huge. And that, that again, like I mentioned, Milwaukee out sh- shoots more free throws, I should say, than, uh, than Miami does, which was very nice to see for as a nice change. And the Bucks actually converted a lot of their looks, which is really good. Giannis shoots almost 70% from the foul line in this game. Um, I don't think anybody shot below him at sixty nine point two percent. So nice. that's good. I mean, they didn't they didn't blow no, it. No, it was they, nice. They hit a good amount of their free throws. Thirty three of thirty nine. That's what we wanted, right? That's what we wanted last episode. We wanted more aggressive, more getting to the rim, more drawing contact, and that's what we got. Just the one number that really jumps out to me this game. I'm sorry. I want to get back to rotations in a minute. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, seventeen threes made by mm. the Heat. Seven made by Milwaukee. Yeah, that's a math problem. It's really that's what it's it's happening against the Bucks. <laughs> um I just, yeah, the, the amount of threes the Bucks took. Actually, I'm glad you brought this up cuz I think I would have forgotten this otherwise. George Hill is an issue right now. George Hill is an issue right now. George Hill and you could look at the again, if this is this is the 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 risk of if you just look at the box score and comment, which some you know sometimes you miss a game, it is what it is, but He's two for four from deep. So look at that and go, how could he be an issue, Ty? Like, you're an idiot, which fair. Um, what are you talking about? He passed up so many threes. He passed up so many threes in this ball game, And I think that's something the Bucks in general do. I don't know how Wes only gets two attempts. We'll talk about Wes. But he, he goes 0 for 2. Chris goes 0 for 3. I think all of those guys should have been shooting a lot more. I mean, that's, that's the counter to the heat sagging and walling off the rim and not letting Giannis get there is they have to be conceding something. You can't, as as Bucks fans should well know by now, if you sell out to wall out the paint or wall up the paint on defense, you're giving up shots somewhere. It's just how it works. The Bucks need to be taking more than 25 threes. And they got fouled a couple times, which wiped a couple attempts off. But still, I mean, if you make it, it doesn't wipe it off. But they need to be attempting more than 25 threes in this game. I mean, that's that's certainly an issue. A part of that may be Bledsoe coming back and taking 14 shots within the arc, although he made six of them, wasn't terrible. He did make his only three. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, that, that's, a, like, you, that's a big math problem that you identified there. Yeah, it's just, it's hard when you're a Bucks team that predicates itself on, like, pace and space. And, you know, hitting a bunch of threes, opening yourself up for Giannis down low. And then you just, you go and you shoot 25 threes and you make seven of them. Like, that's just, that's a, that's a major part of the equation missing right there. Yeah. It's not the entire equation. At least they scored on the, uh, in the paint, 52 paint points. But yeah, it's. It's not enough. Um, Miami score. Uh, Miami wins a lot of the other paint battles, though. Um, the Bucks get a lot of second chance points, which was nice—a rare sign of them fighting really hard. But the Heat get seventeen fast break points as opposed to nine for the Bucks. Who Miami again? And I, I want to keep doing this. Credit to the Heat. 
they're really taking away transition. It's very much a focus for them. Um, that's why they only got seven offensive rebounds in this game. Bam out of bio gets three by himself. I continue to think he's playing well even when he's not putting up gaudy numbers. But um, they are uh, they are taking away transition, which is very smart. They are showing Giannis a lot of issues, and Giannis is unable. You know, when they do that wall, he just does not still have a consistent counter, or at least one that he's that he's deploying or he's comfortable deploying. Oh, for one from deep today. Weird. To, I think Lucas Harkins pointed this out. Weird to see him at one point have no threes, I think in the second half. And then he ends up only attempting the one. Not necessarily upset about it. Just kind of weird after how, how much he had been pulling. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not ideal. It is not ideal. The Bucks have counted on, on Giannis all season. You know, just like we've counted on restaurants, Rohan, and now they're counting on us. And while their dining rooms may be closed, these restaurants are still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside of your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Learn from Rashawn Holmes, folks. Don't go outside to get the food. Let it be dropped off, whether you're in the bubble or just in your own personal bubble. You can use that option. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory, or your favorite local spots. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite spot, and your food is on the way. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BLUEWIRE, the same old reliable promo code that gets you great deals including five dollars off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download that doordash app in the app store and enter promo code blue wire that's code blue wire for five dollars off your first order with doordash if you need to eat through the pain of this loss i feel you trust me personally i feel you hit up doordash and use the promo code blue wire and then in a couple weeks soon, very soon, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. Something to distract us from this pain right now. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on all your favorite devices. Plus, get the Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels so you never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use that same promo code, folks, BLUEWIRE, at checkout. Get 15% off that subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. You know, I don't want to discount traditional therapy. It's very helpful for a lot of people. I think we need to normalize it. But I got to say, pounding out the ad reads, for me, it's therapeutic. It's cathartic. (laughs) I'm ready to go on. Um, <laughs> what's on your mind? What should we talk about next? So I'm just going through the play-by-play a little bit. You oh, know, this trying... sounds like the start of like a a very depressing segment. <laughs> just, I'm going through the play-by-play a so, little bit. <laughs> the first time the Bucks get a lead uh, back in the fourth quarter, it happens right at the stop, uh, right at the top of the fourth quarter uh, with 11:44. Uh, Kyle Korver hits a three. I think is that his only three? That sounds right. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. his only three pointer of the night. Uh, puts him up ninety to ninety one with eleven forty four left. Uh, so I'm gonna read the next offensive possessions for Milwaukee. So, uh, Giannis misses a jumper. Um, 
Middleton gets the rebound, uh, taps it out to Brooke, who throws it away. Uh, <laughs> then Bledsoe comes down the court, uh, misses a jumper, uh, and then uh, Giannis actually gets a driving layup. Uh, so it's 90, they have 93 points now. Uh, then, um, what is it? Uh, Bledsoe misses a layup. Um, Middleton, uh, turns it over and then, uh, Middleton misses a jumper. Uh, Marvin Williams misses a three. Um, Wes Matthews misses a layup. And then Marvin Williams grabs the rebound and gets fouled. So now we started at the 1144 mark. We are now at the 728 mark in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks are down 10. Oh, that, there's the game right there. Yep. And, you know, it's just like they just didn't don't seem ready for this. And I, I don't mean like the playoff atmosphere or whatever. Maybe that too, honestly. But what I mean is they don't seem ready for like an athletic, very capable, very smart defensive team to take away what they like to do, especially in the interior. And that's just inexcusable because they've seen this before. They've seen a better version of this before. Like, and I don't want to disrespect the Heat here. I think Kawhi Leonard's a little bit better at defense than Jay Crowder. I think Mark Gasol is a little bit better at help defense than Bam Adebayo. The second one is a little bit less sarcastic than the first one. Um, but, like, this is this is what the Raptors did. I mean, it's not exactly the same. But the principle, it's like they're not going to let Giannis get to the paint what else can the Bucks do? The Bucks have had literally more than a year, thanks to uh, the good old global pandemic. It's not actually good. Let me clear. I don't like the pandemic. We're anti-pandemic on this podcast. But wow, okay, hot what? takes out here. <laughs> okay, clarify. You're very I, I thought anti. I, I thought I aired for a second. I thought I misspoke. You got me. Um, I'm glad we can still have some laughs over everything that's going on, uh, both for the Bucks and at large. But anyway, they've had more than a year to mull that over. I mean, it's been their inspiration all year. Giannis has thought about Marc Gasol and his dreams, which, yeah. Um, I mean, have you seen his hair lately? I was going to say, I, mean, I, I totally get it. I totally get it um, on a lot of levels. But, but in all seriousness, though, like this is, this is what was going to happen. Everyone knew. Like, this is not a surprise. This is, nobody was like, how are he going to guard the Bucks? Probably going to focus on... Marvin Williams and George Hill and really no it's like they're going to shut down Giannis they're going to try to shut down Giannis by walling off the paint that's what you do to beat the Bucks that's the that's the first priority because if you don't do that you just don't have a chance I mean that's why um, I've seen I think I mentioned this on the last pod Alex Kungu was like this is the conference finals for the Bucks because I don't think either of the teams remaining especially Boston which is up 2-0 over Toronto I don't think they have a chance because, like, the Celtics just can't do it. They just don't have the bodies, period. They don't have enough. They don't, they're don't. they just not capable, and I, I think that's true. Maybe I mean, maybe the Celtics would beat the Bucs the way they're playing right now, but I think his point remains. And, and the Heat are well-suited to do it. It is a bad matchup for the Bucs. I want to make one thing clear, though. It's true that it's a bad matchup. It's not like it's such a bad matchup that the Bucs should lose this series. Like, I think the Bucs should be the better team. I think they're not playing like it. I don't think they are in actuality, the better team right now. But I don't think, like, I think they should be better to the point where they can win, even though it's a bad matchup. And they're just wholly unprepared for this wall, which is unsettling because, again, like, there was zero chance the Bucks were going to go win four playoff rounds without ever seeing a team do this. I mean, Orlando did it. They had over a year, like you said, Ty. Yeah, I mean, Orlando did it. They just weren't as good, but yeah. There was, 
if there's nothing else, like there's literally nothing else that the Bucks needed to really prepare for. No, in, in yeah, terms of think... in terms of their playoff preparation, if they even did any, honestly. Um, yeah, it's fair, totally fair thing to say at this point. They look completely unprepared in all aspects. Because I think the philosophy of this team is, uh, if they play their game, they're going to win because they're the better team. So far, yeah. that's not really working out. How'd that work out for you last year, Milwaukee? How <laughs> did that fair. philosophy work out for you? You played your game, you got burned. It's going to happen again this year. <laughs> yeah, really and I just is. think... It's happening I, right now. It, it's literally happening We're in front of our eyes. We're literally seeing the same thing happen again. It is the same defense. Obviously, like you said, not the same personnel. But it's the same defensive strategy being used again. And they have no idea what to do. They have no idea what to do, Ty. And it doesn't make any sense because you have literally had a year and a half to prepare for this one thing. This is literally the one thing that we have seen that can slow down this Bucks team. Because this Bucks team is elite. They're not playing like it, but they are elite. They are historically dominant. And this is the one thing that can stop them. They're like, yeah, whatever. We're not going to prepare for this. We're fine. We're the better team. You've, it's been proven that it works. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about the report toward the, I think during the, like early in the seeding games that a lot of other teams were like practicing with full intensity and the Bucks were just like playing pickup games for their first week or more of practices. I've been thinking a lot about that report. Uh, since game one I just like maybe it was dumb to not practice basketball seriously heading into the playoffs maybe I don't know I'm no expert you know, maybe, maybe after like five months off <laughs> maybe maybe that wasn't the best plan to take it so easy I will say I think there's two conflating factors at play I do think strategically just Budenholz are just getting owned by Spolstra, who's an excellent coach. But, like, the one counter, and they've tried it a bit, is the Chris Giannis pick and roll. And the Heat were just, like, extraordinarily ready for that. They're either, like, if it's Bam on Giannis, like, he'll front and just jump at Chris. And Chris is, I don't know why he feels like he needs to pass every time they run the action. Like, you could just not pass, but he tries to, and he'll throw it away a fair bit. Or they just, they'll just switch it straight up. Um, and they, they, the Heat have done a really good job neutralizing that, and it just seems like the Bucks don't really have any other plays that they, they can run consistently in the half court besides that one, which they, they, don't, they still don't do it often. I still think there are variants of it that could work, but it's like that one in the corner play is all I feels like we're really seeing regularly. There's still so much like Giannis just trying to do everything himself from the top of the key. There's a lot of like, passing it around to guys who probably should shoot but aren't, and then they end up with a much worse shot. I mean, for most of this game until like the last 35 seconds, the Bucks looked hesitant. They looked a little scared. They looked like they were gripping it way too tight. I think I think they're a little bit afraid of this moment and not like the stakes are so high. They made it to the conference finals last year, but I just think like the adversity I think is really getting to them, which is not good. And I think that plays into the other conflating factor the first is strategically they're just losing that they're losing handily and just generally and you mentioned it they haven't looked like the same team in the bubble they just haven't they've not looked good they've not played up to their standard 
I don't think that all goes on strategy, and I don't think that all goes on Bud. I, I think some of that is on the players. I think you can be the best rah-rah coach ever. You know, this isn't this isn't college. It doesn't work that way. I mean, it, it comes down to the players to a large in extent. In the it, yeah, I mean, who cares about college? I'm sorry, NCAA fans are going to get at me. I, I'm just not interested in it. But it, it comes down to the players in the NBA. I mean, the locker room needs to have that resolve, and I'm I'm worried the Bucks don't have it. They they have not played like they haven't played mad enough. I don't think we saw a little bit of it in the Orlando series. It kind of fizzled away. Um, that they should be more upset about this than it seems like they are. They just look so hesitant out there, and they're just put quite simply, and it sounds like a buzzword, but I think it's true. They're just not playing like a championship caliber team right now. No, they're really not. They're playing like a team that feels overmatched. It's almost like, oh, well, what are we supposed to do about it? You know, that's what it feels like they're playing. Um, We do have a little bit of a post-game interview um, information uh, trickling in as we record the podcast. So we have from the great Ben Golliver. Uh, he asked uh, Giannis whether it's time to extend his minutes down 0-2. So what did Giannis oh, play? Oh, boy. 35 minutes? A little over? Yep. Uh, yeah. So his quote, he quote, I'm going to do whatever coach tells me to do. That's what I've been doing all year. Obviously, I'd love to play 48 minutes, but he sees the game. He coaches the game. Oh, man. <laughs> well, hey, listen, um, I will say... Giannis's game one response, I think he was like sort of indicating that it's not up to him that he wasn't guarding Jimmy Butler. Like, I think he did kind of throw that in there on purpose, what he said. I think this is even a little bit more pointed. I think this is really like the start of Giannis kind of shrugging some of this stuff off of his shoulders, his very broad shoulders. And again, like I already stated, he also needs to play better. But ooh, that's uh, that's a comment. That's a comment from Giannis right there. I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, okay, the obviously I'd love to play 48 minutes, but he sees the game is very pointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I yeah, mean, that's come fair. on. Yeah. That is, that is directly. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I mean, is there any reason to not, I mean, would I like, seriously, I'm not even trying to do a bit here. If they're a little bit more tired or a little bit more at risk of fouling out. Is that really a bad, like, is it really a bad trade off? Losing the, uh, losing your season. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I don't think Pat should play again in this series and I've been such a Pat proponent, but he's just not been good. Um, in his 12 minutes, which were cut down, the bucks lost those 12 minutes by 19 (laughs) points, 19 points. That's not good. I can't even talk about plus minus though. Cause Corver is still the plus minus God. Oh Six points God. on one made shot and three made free throws. He got fouled on a triple and made all three of them. Plus 11 in 10 minutes. You know what? I'll, Kyle Corver's playing pretty well for, for, for what bad. he can do. He's not what bad. he can do. He's not, a ne- he's he's not like well. a drastic negative like Pat Connison is and Dante is. We haven't even talked about how god-awful Dante is. Unplayable. He's still got almost eight minutes, of course, so Which no one is literally unplayable. Yep. Yeah, they lost his seven minutes by 10, but... Um, he's, he's looked unplayable and I will, I will reiterate, play Frank although, Mason, honestly, uh, he was plus one and a plus two and 45 seconds in game one. So the math play is there. Sterling like, uh, just, just don't just play Wes Matthews more than 30 minutes. Wes Matthews said, sat out part of the fourth again. I was so ready for Jimmy to get buckets. He just, Jimmy was not playing very well. 
West was West didn't have a great game, admittedly. Two for eight from the field. Offensively. Offensively, yes. I and three turnovers. So really not a good game from so I kinda get it, but I still I still think I'd like to see him play. Uh more minutes. I'd certainly rather see him play than than Conadin at this point or DiVincenzo, who is like a moving disaster. Although he does uh, one rebound uh yeah, one rebound, two assists in this game and a steal, but just out of place. And I think as soon as he got the steal, he went and turned it over. Uh, well, he doesn't have a turnover, but I think the Bucks went and turned it over. <sighs> yeah, it's it's rough. I, I think some of this depth we thought was going to be here really is not. Uh, but they yep. still have enough players to play like a solid eight-man rotation, and I don't know if they will before this series is over. Um. Yeah, I don't think. Well, what are they going going right now? They're going five deep. Really, you're still going five deep. Still going five deep. Still doing it. And and the only I do positive think part on of the struggles. bench was Kyle Korver. He's I will. He's bringing it. He's one of the few guys who every single. It's easier when you only play ten. He's bringing he's at least it every single some minute. Dynamism to the offense. He's bringing yeah. something. You know, honestly. And maybe I think give him give him Pat's twelve minutes or keep him at ten and, and just play the starters more. I mean he um, might would fall be apart. what I would he do. is like seventy. Yeah, I mean just keep giving him time. I love how he gets older every time we do that, but um but I guess yeah, you know what? I honestly I'll I'll say it. I, 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 some of the reason I was mad at Corver is just because he was like the tenth or eleventh guy to check in in some of these games, but he has played better than I thought. I'm fine if he wants to get ten minutes as long as he's not getting totally picked on, which he's avoided doing miraculously. And the Bucks have actually had some great defensive stretches with him on the court, which still is just incredible to me. Um, but I was saying, I do think some of their issues with continuity and just like knowing what to do, there's still, I think this was better than game one. It was a closer game because of it. They looked completely lost on offense less often, but it still came up. And I think part of that is like, and there was a graphic circulating uh, today or yesterday that was basically like an illustration of, the rotation. So all like the, the minutes everybody played and who was all out there. And it just seems so random. And there's so many different lineups combinations used that I just don't know how any players can really build familiarity. Like these guys are out there with like these different random collections of guys. So often they don't know how to play it with each other. Like if you just do like, you know, two guys in for starters over and over, they really figure out how to move. And I think, I think I see a question asked often, like, why are there not more cutters, especially around Giannis if he's posting up, which we probably don't see Giannis post up enough anyway. Doesn't help that the Bucks are like really inept at throwing entry passes, which is wild. They can't get entry passes to Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I think they don't cut because no one knows where to go because they're not used to playing with each other. Like, they're not used to doing a lot of things. Like, they're not used to switching. This is something I, I saw. No Tech Ben has been adamant about. I know he has been for years. It's, he, it's not new. He pointed that out. He's been asking for this for two years because if you, you never practice it, you're not going to be able to do it. We've said very similar things here. They're not able to do it because they don't practice it. Um, they just look extremely out of their comfort zone. I don't know how they can turn it around to win this series. I mean, playing a real playoff rotation would, would certainly help, um, but I, I don't know if that's going to be enough at this point. I honestly don't know what they can do with their current preparation and current roster construction and current coaching and players. I don't know what they can do to win the series, Ty. I, don't I honestly either. don't. I honestly I, don't. Like, I don't. I don't know what the answer is to score against this team, given that they, they seem to just 
not really have many great ideas. Yeah, they just there's nothing creative about anything. Um, whether it's offensively or defensively, it's all just cookie cutter. You run the same plays over and over again, which sometimes is no play. Um, you run the same defense most of the time. Uh, you run the same. Uh, well, actually, I guess you don't run the same personnel, which actually might help uh, <laughs> in yeah. situations like this. But just nothing about it offensively, defensively, nothing about it is cohesive. Nothing about it really makes sense in this matchup. None of it just seems like a winning formula. And I don't I don't think they win this series. I don't either. Um, I think one thing we're going to see an adjustment from Miami. I think pretty soon we're going to start to see a little bit more Kelly Olenek because the Bucs have just proved unable to do much about him. So Olenek in just he's under 16 big. minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I think clearly like he's not playing a ton because they also have Adebayo, who's so good. I wonder if they'll almost try to play them together Wait, a little you bit. You play your good players a lot. I mean, Bam only plays thirty-two in this one, so he fouled but, out too. Oh, that's that's great point. Great point. Um, but Olenek in just under sixteen minutes scores eleven points, three for four from deep. Like I mentioned, four from six overall, plus seven. And again, this is a game that came down. It was a two-point game that came down to two bad calls. Plus seven means a lot. Um, so yeah, that's another thing where. That's something where that you know has been an issue for the Bucks. I mean, if you're making a list of stuff the Bucks should expect to see, the first one, like we already talked about, is the wall. The second one is like stretch bigs are going to try and punish the drop, and Kelly Linux out here getting open threes and, and sinking a bunch of them. So it's just like a bunch of little things that just don't, don't feel like they should kill the Bucks. Like that, like you look, okay, Kelly Linux makes a couple threes. That, that's not going to kill the Bucks. Oh, well, I mean, Giannis is having trouble getting going. Well, Chris and Brooke play well. It's not going to kill the Bucks. A lot of turnovers. I mean, that's not going to kill. And then all of them repeated ad nauseum do kill the Bucks. It turns out if you do five things wrong that, you know, doesn't seem like it should be a deal breaker, then it is. And and then you're, and then you're down 0-2 to the Miami Heat. And really like a, just a catastrophic situation for Milwaukee, which just looks bad right now. I think the Bucks just look bad both. Like, the, the on-court team does not look good. And again, they, they really have not since they got to Orlando. And organizationally, they, they don't look really good. And, like, the Malcolm Brogdon stuff is starting to circulate again. And listen, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to, you know, carry some, some aqua. I'm not going to do that. I don't. I think they could use him. Yeah, I think he like, would help. Yeah, shout out No Tech Ben again. Like, that, that first-round Pacers pick is really putting a good shift in in the series. And my thing with that was always like, you know what? You don't want to pay him and he's got injury problems. Fine. You do something with the stuff that was, I really expected them to do something with what the does pick. Like a first round pick do when your last couple of picks are what DJ, uh, Dante who looks trash now, just like this front office hasn't really hit on first round picks aside from Giannis. <laughs> So yeah, I mean this 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 front office really only has just about Dante to show, and like, it looked good, and now it's not. I mean, how much different is this series if you swap Dante and Tyler Harrow? And I know like the 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 Bucks didn't have a pick that high, but my goodness, Harrow's looked terrific or hero, excuse me. Um, Bucks could have used on hitting one of their picks. I'll tell you that, and that's something I've been thinking about a lot too. <sighs> it's like 
whether you're looking at the Raptors, who have like their stable of guys they grad with bad picks who are really good From and Milwaukee. useful. Yes, the and, Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Norm Powell and OG Ananobi particularly were literally Bucks picks. Not that Milwaukee would have taken them, but those are the picks he used to grab those guys. Uh, or Miami, who has Hero and a bunch of undrafted guys they got that are really good. And and I'll tell you, you know, I mean, Duncan I, I just, Robinson. Duncan Robinson. I mean, Kendrick Nunn. Although that's a... I would rather not have Kendrick Nunn on my basketball team. Um, Same. But that's an, that's an off-court thing. Um, but, you know, I defended at the time as saying if it, if it helps you retain the honest a little bit, it's worth it. But the Tenasis roster spot's not looking great right about now. I can't. I forgot about that. I, I know. It's like thing 1,000 to think about and get mad about. But it's, you know, I mean, it's you got those undrafted guys need a roster spot, man. Um, and the Bucks had one less because of that. And they also still have DJ and Sterling, who it's like, because you like dump one of those guys if you're just not going to play them ever, which we've seen they won't, or trade them, or even just release them and bring somebody in. And they're still there. I mean, there's the, the Bucks have, it feels like an inordinate amount of players. You just know that they won't play under any circumstances, which is also suboptimal. But I guess I, that's not really a fair criticism right now because we're also saying. Bud plays too many guys, but the fact that those spots, like, it's not like they're like projects and in two years you're excited about those guys. I mean, the Bucks have what, like three guys on, on roster spots right now that you're really just waiting till their contract, probably four if you count Ursan, who, that's a little different. They brought him into play, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's the, the back of their roster is not being used in a very productive. And again, this is issue number 5,000. We should focus on the series at hand, but like watching the Tyler Harrows and Duncan Robinsons and Kendrick Nunn's of the world play really well. It does make you wish the Bucks had any success at, at besides maybe Dante, who's not doing anything right now, at bringing around these young guys. Because right now it's like their vets that they traded for or signed are doing all of the heavy lifting, which is not a good future outcome. It should work better now, but it's really not a good down the road outcome. It really isn't. Also, this roster just is desperate for athleticism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you have like two guys who are really good on your team who are like great athletes. I mean, given one is Giannis, uh, the other is Eric Bledsoe. Um, yeah. Who else? Chris isn't like the most athletic person. Brooke is like 90 years old. Um, <laughs> Wes Matthews is, I don't even know how old. Uh, Pat Connaughton, I guess, is athletic, but he just uses it to jump at shooters. Uh, that's it. And then Dunk. Uh, when he gets the ball on a fast break, which happens exactly once every 10,000 games. Um, you got Marvin Williams, old. George Hill, old. Kyle Korver, old. Urson, old. And then you have Dante, who sucks. And then you have Sterling, who sucks. And, <laughs> and also not really a great athlete. Yeah. And then you have Frank Mason, who all, he doesn't play. And he's just, I mean. He's not as small. Good. He's small. Yeah doesn't you're not hanging with these forwards um yeah unless you're like eric bledsoe level level built yeah and also really lanky bledsoe has a long wingspan. yeah he's like Um, what six nine wingspan or something like that it's crazy six seven absolute physical specimen Um, honestly admittedly i'm pretty sure his arm is bigger than my body (laughs) probably is we should i I think i kind of railed on the second half Overall, pretty good game. I mean, coming back from the injury, 16 Bledsoe, points. Yeah, for sure. Seven seven rebounds, two assists, three turnovers. Had some bad shots and some turnovers late. But uh, st- overall, pretty good game. He didn't seem insanely out of control or anything. No, no. I, I think he was – I mean, I think he, he got a little he, bit – Yeah. 
No, go ahead. No, he he played like at the level that the rest of the Bucks played. He wasn't like an insanely negative outlier. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah, just like a part of a mess of not good enough. Exactly. Um, sad to see Marvin Williams miss four threes. I think he looked worse than I'm used to seeing. He seemed to really rust some of those shots for no reason. Defense, because he had that one yeah. play where he just took it from Duncan Robinson. Uh, yes, that was that was aggressive. That was great. That yeah. was I love seeing that fire from him. that you really mm-hmm. need. Uh, on the defensive end, I don't know, how, like, if he's not hitting his threes, obviously he's not going to do much else on the offensive end. Um, unless the Four hit, offensive rebounds. Yeah, offensive rebounds are key, too. Uh, he had four of those this game. Yeah. Um, he always brings that. He he just has a knack for the ball. He's, he's It's that old guy mentality. Um, <laughs> but, like, besides his threes, like, what is he doing on offense? Like, I know he had that weird driving play where Kelly Olenek tried to kill him. Uh, but wasn't called a as, flagrant as he does yeah as, as, he, does. as he does as usual kelly olenic extremely dirty player uh always has been always will be um i'm sorry i'm no i'm not sorry uh, no yeah don't apologize for that just he's not he's not doing anything else on offense but he, he is at least bringing it on defense but it's the thing is it seems like the all of these guys are trying to bring it on defense right yeah i, I it's it's so it, this is it's so frustrating to talk about and to watch because I mean, we've talked about a lot of stuff that's like wrong with what they're doing, but I think a lot of it for me is just keeps coming back to, they just don't look right. I don't know exactly why. And you could point to a thousand things about the bubble and everything else. And I mean, I get it. Every other team playing here obviously is in the bubble too. And they all have a lot going on and and every, everybody does. And 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 extenuating circumstances are what they are, but and I'm not going to, you know, sit here and like trash, you know, who the players on the Bucks are or whatever. But at the end of the day, like it's really costing them a lot. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, it's the conflating factors. Strategically, they're getting owned and like just their team, they just don't look great as a team. I mean, again, like most guys are not playing awful. I don't think. I think most of them are just playing okay. And that's the issue. They're all just playing okay. And that's I, I don't. I hope that they didn't think that would be enough to get it done here. I, I don't think that's the case, but it's it's clearly it's not enough. Yeah, I just I don't know. I like you said they just they just seem off. I don't know whether that's fixable. And clearly, they've showed stretches throughout the bubble that they can look like their old selves. Uh, not very short, not ones, consistently yeah. at all. Yeah, um, but they have shown it. I guess there is a little bit of room for optimism, maybe. In that, if they just start clicking again, I know that's not real high-level analysis or anything, but I don't know what else to say. Realistically, and I just think like there's I mean, only a couple of yeah. grains left in the hourglass. If you get your threes to fall, if you make more than seven threes in a game, if they make just one more three, obviously they win this game, right? I mean, given just points-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you just make like one or two more threes. And maybe just maybe it's just attempting more, like attempting more shots. I I don't know. You that's one thing I can point to where it's just like okay, if you get this up while keeping the rest of the offensive metrics and defensive metrics going, then maybe you're in a better posi- position to win. That's that's really the only thing I can point to now because, like I said earlier, they cleaned up a lot of the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think two keys. Um... They they need to, Budenholzer needs to coach them like it's, you know, 
the last series they might play, which it is. Um, we got to hey, see. What, what does that mean, though, Ty? <laughs> like, <laughs> we got to see thirty-six to forty-two at least minutes from all the key guys, and that I think that includes Brook. I think Brook Lopez at least needs to play every single minute. Bam Adebayo does. You need to match those guys. It's foolish not to. I think that matchup is one that's worked really well for the Bucks. Brook has been very comfortable in this series. They match at least match their minutes, maybe even play Brook more. But Chris and Giannis need to be at forty minutes. Dante shouldn't play. I don't know if Pat should play. Um, I think, I, honestly, it, it sounds crazy for how much I bash him, but Corver might be the, the bench wing. So, like, it should be starters. George Hill, um, who I think is okay. He he came up hobbling after a play on the offensive end, um, and inexplicably there was no timeout call, but he played more after that, so I, I'm hoping he's okay. Um, but George Hill, I guess a little bit, a very small bit of Kyle Corver and Marvin Williams, and that should be all the plays. Um, and... So that's number one. Like, they just need to treat it like it's an actual do-or-die game, which it is. It might even be past that. And number two, that like we mentioned, that whatever you want, whatever phrase you want to use, they have to start clicking again. Those two things need to happen to turn this around. It's not literally impossible. We're both down on it happening. We're both uh, a little doom and gloom, you might say. But that's just because, I mean, we've been saying at least, really both of those things for weeks now, and they just still haven't happened. So... Just logically, we're running out of reason to think that they will happen, which is a bummer because it's, it like I, it's you're going out sad at this point, really. I mean, this is a sad way to go out, but they were a little better in this game. Maybe they'll continue to get a little bit better, but it's very disheartening the way they've played. It's it's not technically impossible, of course, for them to win, but they just need would need to do two things they have not been able to do, uh, so far. Yeah, they've been they've been on the other end of you know being up too well before. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, of course, I'm alluding to last year's Eastern Conference Finals where they took a 2-0 lead and then lost the Did next four. Did we ever four. cover that on a podcast series? Uh, we might have, actually. Uh, <laughs> if if we did, it might have been called Binge the Bucks. Always, always comes back. We're not doing one on this run until at least 2024. Just in case, if anyone was thinking about it, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's way too real right now. I do want to give a shout out. To the listeners in the Discord, and I'm I'm not trying to steal your whole outro, but um, the, the some of the folks in the Discord, Uplinder and Lowland in particular, my, our two resident grumps. Shouts to them. Also, the two most active I think folks in the Discord. So, double shouts to them. But um, they were right. They were right all along, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, give them their roses because I I think mostly Uplinder, but I think really both of them have been saying like they're just not playing well enough, like turning the ball over too much, they're not hitting free throws, they're not doing championship level things. And I dismissed a lot of it and there's still those things are all mostly still problems. I think they are I mean today the free throw shooting was good, but game one, those two things were really crucial problems. And I, I think they, they could continue to be problems at least to some extent. Credit to you guys, man. I mean it might just be natural Wisconsin sports pessimism more than anything else, but you were right. You guys were right. They they had real issues. They still have them. Still could course correct. Just get the ship on the right direction, but on the right current, I guess. That's not really a phrase. Um, but Steer the just, ship in the right direction, I think. Yeah. Sure. Right the ship? That's it. Yes. That, right the ship. There you go. Bango. That one's for Numak. Okay. I'm, I'm done plugging the Discord, folks. I, I don't know if I have anything else. Uh, I will say, if you do want to get in on the Discord, how would they do that? Ooh. Oh, they all they need to do 
is, and I always say it wrong, it's not take a picture of yourself. One guy did do that. I forget who, but that was, that was awesome. But um, no, take a screenshot I mean, we'll, we'll of yourself. that too. We did, yeah. We did indeed accept that. It was very endearing. Um, but take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode or subscribe to the podcast or of a rating or review. Especially, please rate and review us and tell your friends and all the other nice things. But take a screenshot of either uh, your subscription, your rating or review, or you listen to this episode. I know not all platforms have rating and reviews. So however you listen is honestly fine with us. Um, but subscribe on every platform so we can cook the books. But um, take that screenshot, tweet it at either of us at Ty Windish, T-I-W-I-N-D-I-S-C-H, or at R Cotty Jr. R K A T T I J R. That's Rohan, of course. Um, and you know I'm a junior too. Do you know you? that? We're both juniors. I yeah. Didn't. Yeah. Not gonna give my full name. Um I'll I'll think of a milestone we'll hit somewhere for me to do that because I it's I, I don't I don't my my birth name is now Ty. It's gonna break people's brains. But if you listen to this whole episode, you deserve that nugget of info. Maybe at some point Whoa, I'll reveal what it a is. Lot here, yeah. Right. <laughs> People are gonna be like, wow, they don't, they're not even friends. They're gonna think we have like the Ben Simmons Joel Embiid relationship after this one. They don't even know each other. But yeah, two juniors on this podcast. But uh, wow, I'm so far afield right now. Um, but you can tweet it at us or um, you can email it uh, to. NBA at gmail i think we have a pod account but i'm more likely to see the nba one um but just to show us that somehow some way and we will get you in the discord okay it's i'm worse than outros at you by far my goodness i'm handing this back off <laughs> okay well like ty said uh if you did enjoy this episode of the eurostep in general not even necessarily in to get in get into the discord wow uh, but if you did just uh enjoy the episode please leave a uh, rating on your podcast platform of choice make sure you keep spreading the word the good word about this podcast tell all your family and friends about the show make sure you're checking out all the content across the blue wire podcast network i did it again ty i was gonna look up what time the game was <laughs> i'm not I even think doing it's about this the same time it, it seems like i'm doing this on purpose but i'm not uh game three is on what day is it today wednesday uh wednesday so friday um at 5.30, same time. Uh, so we'll be back with you uh, after that game. Um, but before I let you guys go, I want to talk to you guys about our uh, long-standing partner, Bet Online. As you guys know, the NBA and NHL are in full swing in the playoffs in their own respective bubbles. And our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. Also, the MLB season is pushing into the fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night, whenever you really need to. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.